1: Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm really honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be such a fantastic and amazing show. I can't even contain myself. It's going to be great. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. I do want to take just a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. This morning, I had a call with my marketing coach, and I'm really thankful for the great ideas that we are about to implement in my business. If you've never hired a coach, you should, and there are some very important reasons for that. Number one, a great coach is someone who can help you because they have been where you want to go. This means they know what obstacles you may be standing in front of that you didn't even think of, and this will shorten your learning curve immensely. Number two, a great coach will keep you accountable to your goals. They will encourage you when you are doing great, and they will also call you out when you fall short. We all need tough love, and it's in the spirit of helping you get to where you want to go. And finally, having a great coach helps you become a good coach. In my experience, the best coaches are also very coachable. That's a very important quality of a successful person. So if you are not working with a coach, I encourage you to do so as soon as possible. And if you've ever thought about writing a book, I coach people through that process. You can email me at brian at briankwright.com to schedule a, a conversation with me about that. I would love to talk to you. So with all this in mind, here is my very special guest. My guest this week is Onyx Singal. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Onyx Singal is the founder and CEO of Learn, Inc., he is widely considered in the industry as one of today's most successful digital publishing marketers. His specialties include profit generating product launches, building back ends and funnels, article marketing, search engine optimization, affiliate marketing and business management consulting. Business Week has recognized him to be one of the top 3 of the best US entrepreneurs under 25. He's an Inc 500 CEO listed twice among the fastest growing companies in America. And while Onyx's direct influence has now led to over $120 million worth of digital product sales, his true success is helping others reach their own dreams of achieving financial freedom. He is also the, new author, the author of the new book called Escape, and we will discuss that in detail today. And so here we are with my very special guest, Onyx Singhal. How are you today, Onyx?
2: I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here and always pumped to talk about entrepreneurship.
1: Absolutely, me too, so how did you become an entrepreneur? Your first entrepreneurial experience was pretty cool
2: yeah, um you know i <laughs> long's got a, I always ask the question back to this is how much time do we have because Here's how I became an entrepreneur. I, I think I became an entrepreneur when I was in third grade because I launched my first lemonade stand. And um, to be honest with you, the, the the cue that shows me today that that was a very entrepreneurial move was because I didn't run my own lemonade stand. I built the lemonade stand and then hired younger kids to run the lemonade stand. Um, and you know, after that, I, I have a lot of little things I tried to do. You know, as I went to middle school and high school, and so the signs were all there. However, our system, right, our educational system is not really set up to to recognize recognize entrepreneurs or a potential entrepreneur so unfortunately i i just didn't know that's what i wanted to do so as i got through high school i looked around me i'm of indian american descent so i looked around me looked at my family my friends and looked at the people that drove the nicest cars lived in the biggest homes had the most respect and they were all doctors so i thought all right You know, I want to become a doctor. So I go off to college. I get into one of the top pre-med programs in the in the world. I'm getting a full scholarship. I mean, I'm set. Everyone thinks I I mean, I'm going to be I'm set for life. Like I'm on the right path, except for Mm -hmm. the fact that within a few weeks of being in school, I opened my eyes one day and I'm like, man, I can't do this. I can't go to another biology class, please. Mm -hmm. No. And that was when I really started to do that that introspection, right? That really like looking at myself and reflecting on my life and realizing, God, I love business. You know, I, I love entrepreneurship. I want to control my own future, my own destiny. I want to create. I don't want to do what I'm doing right now. And so – that led to a a series of really difficult decisions to be made, which meant I had to let go of this full scholarship, leave this university, enter a new university. The first thing is I had to get my parents to support me. And luckily I have the best parents in the world. And so they were super supportive. So I made the switch over to college, the new college, lost my full scholarship, but I get over there and and here's the cool thing. I'm super excited, right? Or Mm -hmm. here's the Here's a scary thing, not cool thing. I'm super excited and I start classes and within the first two weeks of the, you know, of the classes, I say, Man, I hate this too. Mm. This is you know, I'm not happy. Like I'm doing business classes and they suck. I'm bored. And that was when I had like my second point of reflection. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Am I just gonna be like a college dropout bum? Is that my destiny? Or like is something gonna turn around here? And that was when I realized something I said, you know what? I don't really like studying theory. I want to apply. Like I want to get yeah. my hands dirty. Let's do something. Mm-hmm. So that was when I turned, you know, back then Google was just starting. So this is how far back I go. Google was just starting. And I, I turned to Google and I went and I typed in how to make money because I wanted to start getting some money. I, wanted, I, I was tired of being broke. And so Google filled it in and said online. They auto-suggested how to make money online. And I thought, nice. nah, sure, why the heck not? Yeah. And that was what led to an interesting journey for me. I think that was when I first started to really study becoming an entrepreneur. Right. Mm -hmm. And I started, I found this forum, this community of people that were reporting amazing numbers, things they're doing from their boxers in their basement. And I thought, man, this sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Something I can do, start studying it, highly optimistic. I feel good yet. You know what? Fast forward 18 months. Hadn't made a dime online. I was working hard. Right now you can turn to social media today and what do you – you see that consistent message. Hustle, hustle, hustle. I was Mm -hmm. hustling. I was hustling. It wasn't working. Like I was trying everything. Every man has their limits. And for me, I'm shocked I even made it 18 months of working that hard and not making a penny. But I, I reached my moment. And I said, you know what? That's it. I'm done. I went to the forum. I said, everybody, thank you so much for um, your, all your help. You guys are amazing. I wish you all the best in your future. However, if I don't make any money in the next 24 hours, like I'm done. I'm getting great job offers. I'm going to quit and just go. It's not for me. You know, I failed. And that was when I had what I call an, my first angelic moment of my life. Like literally something crazy happened. I got a message on the forum from a person who had zero history on the forum. They had never – I didn't know who they were. They had never posted anything. And this person says, look, kid, I, I don't help people. I never post things. I just simply read the forum. But I, I'm so impressed by you over the last year. I don't want to see you quit. So for the next 24 hours, I will make myself available to answer any question you have. I'll coach you. I'll guide you one-on-one virtually. Now, we didn't have Skype back then. We didn't have Zoom. We didn't have GoToWebinar. So I had to literally just private message this person on the forum. And I almost said, no. You know, Brian, it's so crazy. We think to ourselves, right? Like, there are moments in our lives that we can go back, every successful entrepreneur can say, geez, if I had just done this little thing differently, I could not be here today. So I almost said no, because I thought this person, who is this guy? They're just, this person's just trolling me, right? I don't even know if it's a he or a she or whatever. Right. And I, I said, yes, thankfully. I thought, what do I have to lose? Even if the person is trying to get a rise out of me, it's 24 hours. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. And I was up until three in the morning. That person was helping me. They were answering all my questions. And I finally passed out like three. I woke up six hours later, ran to my computer, almost hit my head on the table. And um, I logged in, and bam, there it was $300. I made more money sat sleeping six hours than I had been in 18 months combined. And you know what? I messaged that person to tell them I was so excited. They never replied. You know, I've never heard back from that person since then. I have no idea who they are till this day of my life. And they changed my life. Um, but that was it. That was, when, that was when things started going great for me. And I, I just started really building from there. And I started doing more and more. And I launched more businesses, more websites. And six years after college, I was making $10 million a year. I was on top of the world, traveling first class, driving nice cars, like doing whatever I wanted to do. But 2008 happens. There's a big economic collapse. I'm a first-time CEO, first-time entrepreneur. And it doesn't impact our industry right away. So I thought I'm invincible. I keep mm-hmm. scaling. But by 2010 – I'm only 27, right? I'm like 27 and a half years old. I find myself $1.7 million in debt. Like, talk about being in a horrible place in life. I started drinking. I, I, I literally was just, I was hurting. So anyways, that is how I became an entrepreneur. Now, I came out of that, okay? So we'll talk more about that as well. I came out of that. I succeeded out of that. And, and, and that was where this book comes from. And that's where some of my biggest teachings come from is, how did I go through this, hit the top, then hit the rock bottom, nearly dead? And then, how did yeah. I come back? And what did I learn in that process?
1: That is amazing. So we've got about three minutes to our first break. At one point, you were one point seven million dollars in debt. You didn't file bankruptcy. How did you? How did you get out of that? Because a lot of people would have given up way before that. Oh man, it
2: took a near life death experience. Um, I literally was almost dead on a plane. Uh, a second angelic moment of my life. They had to. Someone saw me pass out on the plane. I didn't even know. They called the flight attendant. They pulled the plane over on the runway. Pulled me off found myself in the hospital, bled out almost 40% of my body's blood. I sat there, and that was the day I said, what the heck am I doing?
1: Yeah. I became an
2: entrepreneur for freedom, and here I have to ask for permission to go pee. Like, this isn't cool. And that was when I came back home. I I shut down my offices. I got rid of 90 employees. I was left with six. And I made a determination. I don't care what my lawyers are saying. I, the people who lent me money were my closest friends. My my parents did a second mortgage on their home. I, I don't Bankruptcy wasn't an option. So that was when I really started to de- define who I was and really started to look at what becoming an entrepreneur is and how we are totally taught wrongly. Okay. Most entrepreneurs, 85% of entrepreneurs fail because they literally were set up to fail from day one. And I had to decode Those messages and recode. I was back on top in 16 months. I paid back every penny of the debt. And that's where these lessons come from that I put in this book. And that's what I want to talk about after this break as well is is what was it exactly? What what structure did I apply to come back? And now not only did I make it back, but I keep getting, you know, keep growing every year, more companies, more business, more revenue, more freedom, better life.
1: That is absolutely fantastic. And I, I find it interesting that you said that companies and businesses don't set themselves up right at the start, which is why they fail. A lot of people seem to think that you know they set something up and then just things go wrong. But if you don't set yourself up correctly, you're doomed from the start.
2: Absolutely. Webster's defines entrepreneurship completely wrongly. Our entire definition of the word entrepreneur sets us up to fail. And we can talk more about that when we come back as well.
1: Absolutely. We are here with Anik Singhal. His new book is called Escape. It is fantastic. I've read it. It's really great. If you have not, please do so. And we will come back after the break and we will talk about his company, Learn Inc., uh, the mission of the company. We'll talk about what you should do if you are starting a business. We'll talk about uh, traffic. We'll talk about generating leads. We'll talk about escape. And we'll talk about some of the things that we just teased just a second ago we will come back very very shortly and uh product launches that's another pro- subject that i want to touch upon during the show too some of them are really good some of them aren't and what do you think makes a good product launch if you've ever launched a product before and it didn't go well you're in the right place we'll come right back after the break this is success profiles radio please stay with us do not go away we will be right back book, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the healthy primate stress support supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Anik Singhal. He is the author of the book Escape. And if you have not checked out my book, it's called Success Profiles Conversations with High Achievers. It's in Barnes and Noble, Books A Million. It's also on Amazon. Get it. Uh, It's a compilation of some of my favorite interviews from my past shows. And I've gotten some great feedback about it. Please get that today. So, Anik, let's talk about something that you teased right before we went to our first break. You talked about how you structured your business. Correctly, and you set yourself up for success. And you talk about this in your book, Escape. So go ahead and tell us about that. Sure. Okay.
2: So here's the thing, right? When we look at um, Webster's definition of an entrepreneur, there's two parts of it. And I wholly disagree with both parts. The first part of it, is it says someone who runs their own business. And one of the very first things that we do in the escape book is actually prove how an entrepreneur doesn't have to have their own business. Today, in today's world, we have a term called intrapreneur that yes. the West Coast is truly just absolutely capping in on. They uh, That's why Google, Amazon, Netflix, and all these companies have gotten so big. It's not because of employees. It's because of intrapreneurs. The second part of the definition of an entrepreneur says, and this is a key one, says someone who takes higher than uh, normal risk for a higher return. Now, the problem is right then and there, we define an entrepreneur by someone who takes risks. And that is what I was doing. See, the reason I fell 1.7 million in debt is because I had a business model that was doing super well. It was doing so well that it had no risk and it got very boring. And I wanted bigger, badder. I wanted to take over the world. So what did I do? I said, let me do exactly this. Go big or go home. The sad part here is I literally had to go home. I had to go to my parents' home. So I decided Mm. to take a lot of risks that weren't calculated. I was watching an interview just a few years ago where this big billionaire entrepreneur who who's not a household name, they were talking to him about the term of risk. And he said, I don't take risk. Are you crazy? No good entrepreneur takes risk. A great entrepreneur knows calculated. They, they always have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. But I was out there. I was in the wild, wild west. I was shooting for the stars. And didn't even consider the, op- the the possibility of me failing. So when it came time to restructure, so when I sat down, I had a night. This was the night where I was shutting all my offices down. I was literally sitting in my office here locally. That was a beautiful office. I had built it with literally blood and sweat It was last day. I I had to turn my my, um, keys in. It was emptied out. And I told my parents and I told the movers, I said, everyone leave. I need time alone in this place. I'll turn the keys in. I was there until like 9 or 10 at night. I had a big whiteboard wall in front of me. And I said, I'm not leaving this place until I figure out what went wrong. So I started writing all the things down on the wall and I started going through everything. And you know what? I I came down to a very simple, simple, simple conclusion. had multiple parts to it. But the first part was I had something that was working. And I actually deviated from a system that was working simply to try something new because I wanted something bigger. And that just didn't make innate sense later on. Why would I stop doing the things that are working and start doing things that I didn't know? Why didn't I just do both at the same time and give myself an insurance policy? But Mm -hmm. there was something even deeper than that that I discovered. And that was that the entire time for the past six years or seven years before my big failure, I had been an entrepreneur for the purpose of making money. That was it. Mm. I wanted to make money. I defined my success by how much money I made. And I quickly realized that was why I became so unhappy. So, one thing we didn't even talk about is forget the debt. I was so miserable towards the tail end of my first burst in business. I hated everything about my business, my life. I, I hated the products because I was just doing whatever I thought I needed to do to make money and I was out of passion. So, there's no doubt. There, was, there would have been no doubt that I was eventually going to fail. I had built a house of cards. It was going to collapse. So when I really sat down and I looked at how do you define an entrepreneur, it's actually a very simple definition, and it doesn't have anything to do with running your own business or any of that. An entrepreneur is someone who, A, finds a problem, B, solves the problem, but it doesn't end there. The third part's the most important. So they find a problem, they solve the problem, the third part is they create value, You've got to create value. Your wealth and how wealthy you are as an entrepreneur will be directly correlational to the value you're creating in the world. And a lot of entrepreneurs are out there finding problems and solving problems, but they're not actually creating enough value out of their solution to be worthwhile. So for me I started asking myself some very simple questions when it was time to come back. Remember, I took bankruptcy off the table. I took everything off the table. I owed money to those who were the closest and dearest to me. I was going to pay them back every penny. No chance I was going to go out bankrupt. So, I said, let's let's just think about this for a minute. Where am I passionate? Where is where, where do I really want to be? What would I get up in the morning and love to do? And that was when I started discovering I love entrepreneurship. My favorite day, my ideal day would be a day where I just sit and work with entrepreneurs all the time and mm-hmm. just – mastermind and business development. So what I did is I I got my expenses way down to a level that that I could kind of handle with existing revenue lines. I started cutting out all the stuff that was meant to be done only for money. I cut it all out and I started redefining and becoming the person I wanted to be. That was the first and foremost. Then I went back and I really started to listen to and watch and study successful entrepreneurs. And what I was doing is I was looking for patterns of behavior, patterns of thought, Patterns of actions that they were doing, and cross-referencing them with how I was, and it actually led me on a really amazing journey that I officially started three years ago. So, although I started it when I was trying to recover myself, you know, I I got more tickled by this question even three years ago, and when I really started an official research project on it. But the first thing I did to answer your question when I when I was coming back is I said, "Listen, take money out of the equation. What do you want to get up every morning? What do you want to do, and what value do you want to create?" Because if you can focus on creating value the money is is just a byproduct it's gonna come there's no way you can do one without the other it's just it's 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 a law so first thing I did is I looked at myself so when we look at the book right there's four stages to becoming a successful entrepreneur these weren't just they didn't just come up one day i literally have studied over 50 i've met with over 50 millionaires i've met with five billionaires i've had lunch with warren buffett i've had emails with mark cuban i've met you know i've had damon john actually wrote the forward to my book escape yeah from Salt tank you know I've, I've sat down with these guys and i started really looking at the deep deep psychological patterns and the way they address things and that's when we came up with the four stages s c a p self catapult authority and people and what i did at that time, I didn't know the formula. But what I essentially did was this. I realigned my life around these four stages. And that was why I was able to propel back so quickly. And that is also why every successful entrepreneur in this world, when you look at their life, you will see they had it, made it, lost it, made it. They came back so quick. It's because they've nailed down these four stages.
1: Wow. That is fantastic. And I'll tell you what. that That is really, really so important. One thing that uh, – make entrepreneurs really successful, too, is you've got to have a healthy relationship with money. Because if you don't respect money, it won't stay with you. Does that sound right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I don't let money define who I am. But I give money the respect it deserves money for me. Look, guys, in the end, I respect money. But money is also for me, it's a tool, right? So if you have a car, your car is a tool. Most people who have cars take good care of their cars. They take them in for servicing. They get the oils changed. They Why? Because the longer you take care of it, the longer it will drive for you. The more value it will return back to you. But a lot of people don't do that with money. The first thing we're trained to do with money, right, is we trade money for enjoyment. That's the employee mindset. Money is something we earned while working hard so that we could use for enjoyment, and so we're literally trained to deplete money. We're trained to spend money. Why? Because yeah. that's how our economy is driven. If you don't spend money, the economy doesn't move forward. And what I want to do, what successful, what very wealthy people do is they look at their money and they, they literally nurture it. They take care of it. They change its tires. They change its oil. They keep it clean and they, they make sure it doesn't rust because they want it to start working for them. They want it to have a return on capital. Right? So they want the money to start working so hard so that they don't have to work hard. And that's the place where I've been able to get to now in my life is that, you know what, if I want to get up at 11 a.m. one day just because I'm tired, I can do that. I have the freedom of doing what I want to do. There's no boss over me. But the money is every day. It's getting more and more and being put to work more and more. And by the way, this isn't just a selfish thing, guys. This isn't just to help me live a better life. Just so you know, I have a nonprofit, my Singhal Foundation. We've funded nine schools for children in in India who live in the slums. I started a nonprofit in India. We've adopted two villages in East Africa. Whenever there's hurricanes, we go in with fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars and we help local businesses get back on their feet. We do a lot of good in the world. But let's be honest, I can't do any of that if I don't have money.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, people sometimes think money is evil, but you know, money built schools, it built roads, it built infrastructure it helps people. And so you have to have a healthy relationship with money. I appreciate the discussion. And we've got, I believe, uh, three minutes or so to our next break. I want to talk about the idea of perfectionism because sometimes people are just so fixated on knowing the entire road before you start Mm -hmm. and, and having every dot in place. There's some value in that, but there's also the idea of done is better than perfect. Let's talk about that. Let me tell you something. I love that question because perfection
2: is stupid and it is is unachievable and it's not going to happen. So you can want perfection. Let me just Mm -hmm. give everyone who wants perfection a reality check. You ain't going to ever have it, right? And so I have a saying in this company that everyone knows that we laugh about. I say, I don't care if your pants are at your ankles, just keep running anyways. Right. And and the whole point is just move forward, move forward. And you got to you got to learn by doing when's the last time you planned something and it went according to plan. Seriously, this weekend I had to go and drive to a, a friend's wedding. um, And so my wife and I had this plan. We'll leave the house by six o'clock. We'll call Uber. We'll be there by six forty five. We'll go nothing, not a single thing we planned went according to plan, even in something so simple. Mm-hmm. So the truth is, guys, it doesn't exist. You can plan all you want that's what per- perfection people who want perfection they're just afraid of execution that's all it is they're they're looking for a justifiable excuse to not do so let me just have a reality check with anybody right now who's who's applying the no i'm just waiting for it to be the right time bs you're 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 too scared to move forward that's all it is
1: right absolutely we've got a couple of minutes to our our next break let let me ask you why did you decide to write this book
2: I wrote this book because three years ago, something crazy happened, and it really uh, angered me. Um, I had a student come in that paid me a lot of money for coaching, and I I worked with them, and I thought they were going to be the next star. I was so, so excited about this student, and at the same time, I had another student who bought one of my online programs who was sending me messages, and I was helping them a little bit, but I really didn't think they would make it. I thought, this person is just not smart enough. Well, what happened a few months later is the student that I bet all my money on in Vegas That student was nowhere. They were worse Mm. off than they were when they started with me. They were just tripping over themselves. The student that I had not put money on became a rocking success. They quit their job. They were killing it, and I just couldn't figure out why. I needed to know what the heck was the difference, and so I finally discovered I have 250,000 students who have paid me money that I've trained. Why do I not have 250,000 case studies? And Mm. so the answer to that, I wanted the answer, and that was what led me to the journey. My discoveries from the journey were so amazing, I had to put them in a book.
1: Absolutely. And the book is called Escape, E-S-C-A-P-E, Escape. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it anywhere, I'm sure. So we will come back after the break. My very special guest this week is Onyx Singal, And we will talk about more regarding the book Escape. And then I want to ask him, if you're starting a business right now, what's the first thing you need to do? If you've been dreaming about starting a business, you'll want to stick around and listen to this. We will come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. We will be right back after the break. Please stay with us. Don't go away. and we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Onyx Singal. And if you want to get the book Escape, there's actually an even better way you can get this book. You can go to EscapeBook.com. In fact, that's how I got the book. I don't know why I didn't remember that. EscapeBook.com, it's free. All you have to do is pay for shipping, and you will get the physical copy uh delivered to your door. So it's a great book. You've got to get it. So let me ask you, Anik, there are fundamental differences between entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs or and, and employees, aren't there?
2: Ha <laughs> ha. Big, big differences, man. Um it's crazy because we are all taught in our system to become an employee. And I'm not, listen, I'm not one of those guys that's going to get here and bash the system, okay? I'm not against the educational system. Actually, the system was created decades ago and it served its purpose. If you look internationally, our systems are the same, Mm -hmm. right? But in the last 20 years, we as a human society have evolved more than we probably did in the last two centuries put together. So our systems just haven't caught up. And I wrote this book because... I almost want this to be a part of the revolution, you know, where we change the system. So, God, we are taught to think, act, behave so differently. Entrepreneurs – see, an entrepreneur is not defined by what they do. It's defined by – they're defined by who they are. I literally approach relationships. I approach health. I approach everything differently because I'm an entrepreneur. Not just – I don't just run my own business. That's a small part of what an entrepreneur is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So how did you grow your business from zero to $20 million in sales? So
2: the way you grow a business right there's two major elements so let's get rid of let's get away from the mindset right the mindset of course i think everyone understands you you've got to nail down the the four stages the self catapult authority and people and what i'll tell you is look the book is free go to escapebook.com get it the book will help you nail the mindset so now let's talk about tactical yes. right let's talk about the tactical side of scaling a company from from 0 to 20 or to 100 million or to whatever there's essentially two there there's there's five spokes to a wheel. So I I literally just did a really cool course on this. It's not even out yet. I call it the one page business plan. And the five spokes to this business plan, the first is what we call attraction. The second is what we call automation. The third is what we call attraction. The fourth is, um, and I'm blanking real quick. It's communication. And the fifth is monetization. So we'll go through these really quickly. Okay. First Mm -hmm. is attraction. In attraction, it's very simple. You want to have a business that scales, you got to be able to get new people to find you, new people to discover you and engage with you. I don't care if you have a consulting business, a digital publishing business, or an offline store. It just doesn't matter. New people need to find you. New customers need to come in if you're going to scale your business. So in attraction, we talk about how do you set up systems and things in your business that remove the risk from the consumer Okay, They remove the risk from the consumer and make the risk essentially yours. So, for example, go to escapebook.com and get a free copy of my book. I'm removing the risk from you, and I'm getting you to engage with me, and I'm going to be able to attract new audiences to engage with me because I know that once you engage with me, you'll love me, you'll love what I have to bring to the table, and then we can talk about more monetization in the future. So I'm going to come up with a system in my company to attract people. So I've been very good at doing that. And that's what's helped me grow to 20 million. Number two is automation. We are in a blessed day of automation today with digital businesses. We can automate so many things. And I'm telling you right now, scalability, automation helps you remove complexity, helps you remove the number of team members you need, helps you remove all of the hurdles and, and headaches and Man, I wish I had some of the automation tools that we have today. I didn't have these 20 years ago, but we can really automate a lot of chunks of the the business building process. The more automation you have, the more time you have to focus on on acquisition and attraction. Okay, third step, acquisition. Okay, look, once I've got my system set up, once I've got a really cool offer that removes the risk from the consumer, my third, but you know, my least, but my third thing, but by no means least, is now let me go out and actually have the ability to attract customers. So I've got to have a funnel. I've got to have a product. I've got to have an ability to convert my people enough that I can spend on advertising. Yes, I said it, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to put money. Okay, a business does require money, which is coming back to your point, Brian. We've got to respect it and invest it, yes. right? So if you, can, if you have a funnel where you make so much money from it, you have a product, a service, something that you do so well with that customers come back to you again and again and that your lifetime value of a customer is so high that you can – Outbid anybody on Facebook, on Google, on Instagram, on anything. Imagine how quickly you can scale a company. That's what we're damn good at here at Learn. That's why we're scaling so quickly. That brings us to the fourth step, the fourth spoke of the wheel, which is communication. I see far too many businesses bring a new customer, get them that first day, and then never talk to them again or just think basically, oh, that guy will find me again. We're in a different day, ladies and gentlemen. Today there's so much noise out there. If you're not in communication with your customer, someone else is, and they're going to take that customer. It's a guarantee. And then the last step is monetization. That's when we start to become professionals at saying, how do we increase? We are going to focus ourselves on lifetime value. Because here's what's going to happen when I know that I can buy my advertising on a 90 day break even versus a 30 day, mm-hmm. I'm going to outbid all my competition and I'm going to take away all of their exposure. So I want to make sure my lifetime customer value is so high that I can extend my break even point and hence outbid the market, and then basically bring more and more people into my attraction fu- phase, the more they attract, the more I automate, the more I ac- acquire, the more I communicate, the more I monetize.
1: Absolutely. So if someone is just starting a business and they think, wow, zero to 20 million, that's a long, long ways away, What what is the thing that someone can do first just to get their baby steps going?
2: Absolutely. So um, it's really not a long way, by the way. If you nail a funnel down, you can do that in a span of 16 to 24 months max. But the very Mm. first thing you need to do is you need to have something to attract people to you. So a free PDF, a free video, something. Come on, give them something of value that's going to make people want to engage with you. The second thing you need to have is a low cost introductory engagement. OK, um, you know, something that's that's not that expensive, a free trial, a free book or anything it, that depends on what you're selling in the end. Right. Are you an e-com store? Are you a digital publishing are you a consultant? And then the third thing you need to do is have a higher ticket price. So if I'm going to have a book that's $7.97 then do you have a coaching plan something that costs 5,000 or 10,000? The reason is that's going that that higher ticket one is what's going to allow you to have a customer value that'll allow you to buy traffic. So so far we have a we have something that's for free. We have something that's really inexpensive and now we have something that's probably very high cost. And then the fourth thing you need is whether you learn it or someone on your team learns it or you hire someone who knows it, you need to get traffic acquisition talent and skills. So that is, those are the four things. If you want to get, if you want to get started something for free, something that's very inexpensive, something that's a high investment and some way to get more and more people to absorb your free thing.
1: That's fantastic. I love that. So lots of people talk about you talk about traffic generation just a little bit ago. People are always about getting more leads. I need more leads. I need more leads. But how do you know if you're really, really ready for that? You have to have an infrastructure in place to handle all of that.
2: Data—that's the thing most people don't even know. I mean, I could tell you so many data points about my company; it would make my head spin and your head spin. Yes. And the thing is, that's what empowers me to scale and grow quick, guys. I know my data, so here I am, right? So let let's let me let me tell you something really interesting. So I'm going to yes. reveal some numbers that I never talk about publicly. But um, this free book, right? It costs seven dollars and ninety-seven cents in shipping and handling. I actually lose four dollars every time someone orders this book for free. I literally lose four dollars. So. But I am willing to spend up to $50 in marketing cost to get someone to take this book for free. I'll lose $50 bucks on ads and 4 bucks in the books. So that means I'm willing to go $54 negative. It's because I know my data. I know exactly what this customer is going to be worth to me in 30, 60, 90 days, 120 days, and then lifetime value. And $54 might sound insane to someone listening right now. And to me, it's a bargain. It's a mm-hmm. bargain because I'm I know my data. So people are out I need more traffic. I need more leads. I always look at them and I say, most people that say that to me, I highly, highly, highly doubt that's what they really need. Typically what they really need are more products. They need so there's vertical growth and horizontal growth. Everyone's always looking for vertical growth, right? More leads, more traffic. Let me get more people into this. But I, I start to explore horizontal. It's easier. It's easier to monetize existing customers. It's easier to offer them more services and products that they already want than it is to find new people to come to you. So let's nail that down. Let's get our LTV, our lifetime value down. And after that, once we have a high lifetime value, the rest of it is child's play, You know, once you can spend on advertising, that's it. Goodbye competition. You're going to blow past them. And I'm telling you, very few percentage of businesses that you're competing with even know what you just heard from me right now. So your chances of beating them in competition is really strong.
1: Yeah. What do you think makes a great product launch? That's something I teased earlier in the show.
2: Yeah. A great product launch is uh, – there's something I teach in in copywriting when I teach copywriting is I teach – the, the the purpose of good copy, of good ad material, is to really do two things, edify and excite. That's what you need to do. So a great product launch is – first of all, let's get the basics out. you got to have a high converting funnel, okay? You want to launch a product, whether you're going to buy traffic to it or whether you're going to have affiliates to it. It doesn't matter. Whoever – you've got to have the best numbers. So that means you've got to really take care of your conversion. And here we come right back to the discussion of funnels. Do you know your data? If you've got that right, beyond that, you've got to create excitement around a product launch. Just watch how video game systems release a new video game. Just watch how movies launch their movies. You know, Coming up to it, you have to do the excitement. You have to have events. You have to have giveaways. You have to have fun things and prizes and get your customers involved, get your promoters involved. So it's, again – Edify and excite. You've got to have your data so that you can afford to do both of those, but you've got to truly create excitement. Product launches are driven by excitement, and unfortunately, most people who do product launches focus only in the excitement for the customers. I'm good at that too, but my specialty is I create excitement for my affiliates. Mm -hmm. I get them excited because the more excited they are, the more money they're making, the more they're going to promote me, the more sales I'm going to get, the more customers I have to create viral impact on my sales, it's actually a snowball. But most people never look – I'm a master at managing my affiliates, at creating excitement amongst them, of getting them different reasons to promote. But all of that fails and falls apart because I can't excite an affiliate unless they're making a ton of money. That's a standard rule of a good product yeah. launch. So I need to how make sure my funnels are tested and my yeah. sales materials are working.
1: How much runway time do you recommend between I have this idea that I want to do a product launch and now I'm ready? How much How much prep time? Are we talking days, weeks, months? Um.
2: This depends. If you're going to do this all internally with advertising, you could do it within. I would say you should have at least one one and a half months prep time. Um, you should really get your assets ready, get your ads ready. There's a lot of preparation. Launches are a beast. They they have a lot of work involved in them. Yeah. But if you want to have affiliates involved today, in today's day and age, I announce at least four to five months beforehand.
1: Fantastic. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. We are talking about so many great things. Onyx book is called escape. You can go to escapebook.com and you can get it for free and it'll be shipped right to your door. And, uh, after the break, we will talk about, uh, something free that he wants to offer. Uh, we'll also talk about success habits of millionaires and billionaires. He's talked to many of them and I would love to hear what he thinks, uh, as, as he, uh, has talked to these people what some of the common themes are people ask me that a lot too as i interview successful people on my show and we will come right back after the break this is success profiles radio and uh we'll ask him at the very end of the show who inspires and motivates him just like i ask everybody else please stay with us don't go away we'll be right back this is success profiles radio
0: The TogiNet Radio Network broadcasting quality programming to the world. It's
3: never heard. You have probably heard about the Ring Video Doorbell app. It has a motion sensor that alerts your cell phone if someone is on your porch or rings a doorbell. All you have to do is tap your phone and you can see who is at your door and talk to them through a remote mounted camera and speaker. My husband thought this would be a good idea to have for our home. However, I had no idea he had installed it while I was out of town. Imagine how confizzled I felt when I returned home, went to unlock the door, and suddenly heard my husband's voice calling at me from from seemingly nowhere. He had installed a camera and speaker high up in a tree next to our front porch. Talk about being surprised and confused. What's another word for being confused? Clap It's too bold. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Onyx Singhal. His book is called Escape. You can get it at Escape dot com and Anik we were talking uh during the break you have uh something else that you'd like to steer people toward that's also a free offer. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is really cool. All right, guys. So here's something we started working on two years ago. We
2: have built a learning platform for entrepreneurs. See our mission and our vision at learn. We got rid of both of them and we came up with just a purpose statement and that is to become the transformational home for entrepreneurs. So becoming a home for us meant we have to build a physical home, which we did. Now we have a 26,000 square foot, beautiful facility here for entrepreneurship training in Maryland. Um, very close to DC. And it cost me $3.5 million to build. We've got nap rooms, arcades, lecture halls, classrooms. We've got a ping pong table, co-work space, you name it. We've got everything in here. Now, it also included building a virtual home for entrepreneurs, right? And I'm really proud to say that we've already got hundred and twenty five thousand members in here it's absolutely free to sign up but here's the cool thing it's not actually open to the public yet but even though we have hundred and twenty five thousand members it's actually still in alpha mode but what i want to do for everybody who's listening is i'll give you a a url that you can go to as a backdoor entrance you can actually go to learn.com that's l-u-r-n okay so we misspelled it on purpose for fun learn l-u-r-n.com forward slash register all lowercase Learn, L-U-R-N dot com forward slash register, and you can get a free account in this platform. We have over 46 courses in the platform, 25 of which are completely free, no credit cards needed. We cover Facebook ads. We cover copywriting. We cover um, influencer marketing. We cover YouTube marketing. We cover all kinds of e-commerce Digital publishing. Uh, we have an Amazon course coming out soon. I mean, this is going to be a haven for entrepreneurs as we go forward. We've built a tremendous amount of amazing things in here. Get into the community, get active. It's free. Learn.com forward slash register. That's L U R N.com forward slash register.
1: And I can vouch for this. There is a lot of great stuff in there. I haven't had time to go even through the tip of the iceberg of what's available and i get emails every single day reminding me i'm like oh yeah yeah i need to go back and do that sometime soon there are definitely some courses i'm going to go through myself so i'm very happy and grateful that you were providing all this free content and making that available to everybody so you used the term evergreen funnel earlier some probably know what that means and others maybe don't that basically means that it's good anytime it's not dated it you can run at any time. So tell us about using evergreen funnels.
2: Sure. So yeah, evergreen just, you know, when we, we talked about product launches right before the break, right? Yes. So a product launch, you, you come out with something, it's event driven, right? So that's the event. It's going to last two weeks, three weeks, four weeks or whatever. So it kind of has a beginning and it has an end. Evergreen just means it's, It is what it is, right? Like Amazon is evergreen. You can go to Amazon anytime and buy their products. Mm -hmm. Um, So an evergreen funnel is what we refer to as coming up with a great funnel that you can buy traffic to and just consistently keep plowing through. And day after day after day, it'll just keep converting your traffic into customers. And there's all kinds of evergreen funnels. You can have evergreen funnels that are straight sales pages. For example, escapebook.com, where you can go to get this book for free, that's an evergreen funnel. It's an evergreen page. I mean, for the moment, we're planning on keeping that live for some time and letting people engage with our brand and with me for free. But you can also do an evergreen funnel, which is more typically referred to as in this industry when we talk about webinars, right? So... Look, if someone asked me to do 20 webinars a day to convert customers – I just don't want to do it. Um, it's, it's too much energy. I don't have the kind of energy. So, right. um, plus, I'm going to have like 10, 15, 20 people on each webinar. Now, collectively across 20 webinars, I'd end up talking to three, four, 500 people a day. That's pretty cool. But, um, you know, 20 per webinar is not that great. But you can actually set up an evergreen webinar, which means you can use some automation, right? We talked about that as a second spoke of the wheel. You can use automation to literally determine and to build um, your entire webinar funnel to happen again and again. So people will still feel like they're engaging with you in a live environment. They'll still get the full benefit of being there. Um, but you're not personally there. It's a recorded video that's being played back, but the, the, the magic of an evergreen funnel, again, I'm sorry to sound like a repetitive broken record, but it comes back to data. You've got to know what works, how well it works, what the numbers are, because then it's so easy. Guys, business doesn't need to be complicated. Being an entrepreneur can be simple is what I learned. Sometimes it's the best when it's simple. So if I've got an evergreen funnel, that's that's literally – I can come up with this. I say, okay, for every 1,000 people I put into the webinar, I get 20 sales. That means I get $20,000 back. So for every 1,000 people – I, I, I that watch the webinar, I get twenty thousand dollars back. That means I can spend up to twenty dollars to get someone to watch my webinar. Okay, cool. It for every three people that sign up for the webinar, one person shows up. So mm-hmm. I can spend about seven dollars per person to sign up for the webinar. So you see how I reverse engineered the math, and yes. now I know what my KPIs are, my key performance indicators for my marketing, and that's my break-even. And I'm, a lot of people are going to think, I don't want to break-even. I want to make profit. Well, listen, mm-hmm. that's good, and that's great, but if you want to scale – a business you got to be willing that's why I have my back-end offers mm-hmm. because I want to be able to break even on my front end so I can out-compete my competition but I know I'll make my money because I've got other offers for my customers to buy once they become a customer so an evergreen funnel is literally data-driven it's setting It's perpetual it allows you to automate the process of acquiring new people into your company
1: Fantastic. I want to talk about copywriting just a little bit. I, there are so many things I to ask that I don't have time for, but copywriting sometimes baffles people. Are there certain words that sell better than others? I know that's true.
2: Yeah, actually, you know, copywriting—I got to tell you—is—is my—it's my—it's—it's it, it's what I love the most. I get—I get googly feelings when people talk about copywriting because it's the number one reason why I've been able to sell over two hundred million dollars worth of products in the world. It's the only reason I'm super successful. I first yeah. mastered copywriting, and ninety-five percent of people that become entrepreneurs—they don't—they don't, they don't want to look at copywriting. They look at it as a boring. I don't want to write. They say that's what I said. I hated writing, but copywriting isn't about writing at all. See the best copywriters in the world they understand it's about psychology Mm -hmm. so by becoming a good copywriter I didn't actually just change the amount of money I make or the sales I make I'm actually a more engaging speaker at a party many times you'll see people just crowd around me in new environments at new places because my whole form of communication has changed because I understand the psychology of what people are looking for and how to engage audiences into what I'm offering, even if at that time it just means a good conversation. So yes, the way it's funny actually, Brian, but there's something I say which kind of kind of goes against what you just said and is I don't believe that words are what sell, in my opinion. Okay. I don't actually believe it's words. It's the psychology and the environment. And let me give you a prime example. Sure. So let's look at someone who knows who I am okay so for example Brian you know who I am uh you've had me on your your podcast you you've read my book you get it we have we have a we have a bit of a brand that that's been built i can't yes. talk to you the same way that i would talk to someone who's never heard who i am right right my words automatically need to change and so the greatest copywriters will tailored to the audience they understand the psychology so the sales material that i would show to someone who already knows who i am is ideally very different than the sales material that i'm going to show to someone who has no clue who i am we were literally just discussing this before it was time for this podcast in our in our conference room where i was meeting with the traffic team and we're going over how do you take people who've never heard of me and turn them into a warm audience so then we can speak to them differently and then sell them stuff so copywriting is psychology remember that The five steps to copywriting that I have been out there teaching again and again, it's actually ironically my next book that I'm writing right now. The Mm. five steps are very simple. Introduction, story, content, transition, and pitch. But you've got to understand the purpose of each of these sections. And the purpose of each of these sections is so wrongly understood. It's so misunderstood that that is why people are creating bad copy out there. So although in In and of itself, the the words don't sound that sexy, right? Introduction, story, content, transition, and pitch. But when you understand the purpose of each one, you'll see why there's magic in the way I teach copywriting. Because, for example, story. I'm just going to give you guys a few examples. Story. People think story. Oh, yeah, i got to talk about myself, right? Uh, Hey, I've won this award. I'm this, I'm that. I'm cool. I'm awesome. Well, I teach a concept in copywriting under the story section called Batman versus Robin. Listen, don't be Batman. No one wants to know how awesome you are. No one cares about your story. They want to know the story of what you're offering. So unless you're a consultant or a coach selling yourself, your story shouldn't be about you. The best way I use this to draw an example is if I told you tomorrow, hey, you should go save the world. You should go out and fight crime at night because Batman does. You would look at me and you'd say, I'm not Batman. Right. But if I told you, hey, you, can you drive? Batman's at the corner of the street. He needs a ride across the street. There's some crime happening. Can you just drive in there? You'd say, I could do that. That's Robin. See, story is not about edifying yourself or giving yourself credibility. Story is actually about relatability. You build a story so that you downplay yourself and you upplay what you discovered. And so a lot of people don't understand that psychology, and that's why they messed up their sales messaging from the beginning. And we got plenty more of that that we go through. There's actually a free copywriting course, by the way, everyone. It's called Copywriting Bootcamp. If you go to learn l u r n dot com forward slash register, get your free account, get in there, go look for Copywriting Bootcamp, and I will walk you through all of the psychology.
1: Fantastic. Uh, we've only got three minutes until the end. There's two more questions I want to ask. I did tease that we could talk a little bit about Success Habits of Millionaires and Billionaires. We have got a couple minutes left. Simple. Listen, if for those of you who haven't read this book on Amazon, go grab it called Make Your Bed. Success habits of
2: entrepreneurs and success habits of millionaires and billionaires, you'd be surprised. There's the smallest things they do that are, that are different. Morning routines, okay? I've had a morning routine now for the last couple of years, changed my life. Get up in the morning, spend the first hour on yourself, don't check your phone, don't check your messages, don't give other people your time. Do you read? successful people. Warren Buffett reads five hours a day. Uh, Bill Gates reads at least one book a week, if not a book a day. Um, Mark Cuban reads literally three books a week at times. Successful people, millionaires and billionaires, they read, they self-educate, they attend conferences, they hire consultants, they have coaches. You would be surprised at how humble they are and what they know and don't know. They are always out there learning. So do you get up early in the morning? Do you have a morning routine? Do you read? Do you spend time? Do you meditate? Do you have quiet time to recover, to regroup? I take one day a week totally off. I try my best to do that. The, these are the simple habits, literally. And, and, and I can get into far more, but they're actually in the book, and we're running out of time. But if you go to escapebook.com, that's, the whole book is literally full of the habits, characteristics, and behaviors of millionaires and billionaires and mm-hmm. how you can get there. Uh, we didn't even talk about the fact that there's a quiz in the book that you can take for free that literally shows you what habits and we, are your weaknesses and which are your strengths. It tells you what to focus on.
1: Awesome. And real quick, who inspires and motivates you?
2: Oh, man, so many people. My father, um, Richard Branson, Mark Cuban, um, all these guys, Steve Jobs, they they all inspire and motivate me in very different ways.
1: Fantastic. We are at the end of the show. Thank you, Anik, for being here today. It was an honor and a privilege to talk to you.
2: Thank you so much for having me, man. The honor and privilege was all mine.
1: I I hope to do it again one day. We will do that again someday. Learn.com forward slash register. Uh, get his book, Escape, and thank you all for joining us. This has been Success Profiles Radio. We'll be here every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern where I talk to another world-class success achiever to find out how they succeeded, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn and apply to our own lives. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.
0: for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply